This week I chat to Kim Hayden, um, a guest I've had on before in a previous episode, and her partner in crime, musically and in life, uh, Gus Crawford Collins. They have a new project called Dream A Lot, which produces cinematic versions of well-known songs for TV and film. Some of their releases have included Mad World by Tears for Fears, Kids by MGMT, and Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. I would describe their musical fingerprint as dreamlike or otherworldly. Um, there's definitely a common thread throughout. You'll hear that yourself as you listen to it. Um, very, very cool, cool ideas behind the music. Um, so in the episode, we chat about their writing process and we break down the gear that they use and we talk about the inspiration behind Dream A Lot. First of all, I just want to say t- um, congratulations on the new project Dream A Lot. Um, I've ha- been having a listen to the tunes you've been releasing so far. Um, and my favourite one, I think, is probably Smells Like Teen Spirit. I love them all. Um, but like, I'm a rock ticket heart, so that one's obviously going to resonate with me. Have you been getting yeah, much I think feedback? that's one of our personal favourites too, perhaps. I know yeah. we shouldn't be biased to, towards any of our songs, but... <laughs> I'm glad to hear you like it, though, being a rock chick, because I know, obviously, we're, you know, re-recording a Nirvana song is a big kind of, you know, oh, you know, obviously some people aren't going to like it, but um, it's good to hear you like it. Yay. <laughs> it's... It's really nice and I feel like there's like a common thread throughout all the songs. It's kind of like, I don't know if that was kind of a thought out thing about like having, yeah, some kind of common thread that like sounds like Dream A Lot. Did you think about that or is that something that just happened? Well, absolutely. I kind of, I suppose the main thing was, number one, that was our main thing was like, right, we have to create a sound. So you have to know it's a Dream A Lot production, but it just naturally kind of fell into place. We didn't Mm. really sort of try too hard on, on, um, making a specific style it just it just happened naturally so um uh so now we just yeah we make sure every track we do adheres to those kind of guidelines um but yeah i think yeah i think you know it you know definitely the tracks do seem recognizable you know across the board that you can tell that it is a dream of production so yeah yeah so we set up to do that and i think i'm glad you picked up on it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like it you know the way like I mean, I'm not like big on names of producers and stuff, but you know the way they say that like you can kind of hear, you can hear like a producer's style on people's songs. Sometimes it like comes true. You're like, oh, I know who produced that song because that's, it's done in yeah. a specific way. Exactly. Yeah. Because even a lot of Billie Eilish's stuff, like um, Phineas, I think her brother used all her stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, there's a couple yeah. of pop tracks that I've heard recently and I'm like, that kind of sounds like Billie Eilish. And then I Googled it, he'd produced them. And I was like, that's mad. There's obviously certain, you know, synths and things that he's using in the tracks that just have that sound. That's really interesting. And can I ask what what were those guidelines? Do you have kind of a strict guideline or do you have kind of certain things that you like Um, to adhere to? No, just do whatever sounds cool. (laughs) (laughs) we're, um, We're very, very, very critical in the studio. So uh sometimes we might you know we're you know we, we could work like there's a few weeks ago we were trying to crack a piece which is coming out in a couple of weeks time i won't give it away yet but uh a 12 hour session i mean we literally did not leave the studio i think we went up after eight hours for mm. a, a cup of tea and then came straight back down and just like kept going until you know just kind of yeah fits into place and has those kind of those so those elements that make the track so uh, essentially kind of don't know what they are they just yeah. you know it's just a sort of textual sound thing and, and, and atmosphere um mm. so that's I suppose yeah once once we're feeling good with it then and that it feels in the aura of the dream a lot tracks then then we're happy that's the kind of guidelines yeah <laughs> and can I make the assumption that Kim you were quite responsible for the, the logo design and possibly the name or <laughs> just because it's kind of like Disney-like I feel came up with the name and like I, a, I did the that... logo yeah, yeah. I'll show you what. <laughs> yeah, Gus actually sketched the logo. Yeah. Oh wow! So. When I seen it, I was like, it reminded me of like the oh, Disney oh. castle, and I was like, the hat- yeah, Kim has hat- Kim had to Disney princess all these years later. <laughs> yeah. So that's that was the evolution of the sketches. Can you see that? Oh, Fashion them out, and then we thought, hey, yeah, we, yeah, the Disney thing was definitely yeah uh high up on on the mindset and yet inspired by kim's love for disney yeah so um i thought okay yeah let's let's um the whole the kind of trickiest part was to try to work the a and the m into one another 
So um, that was the kind of best solution. And then we, we worked with a brilliant guy actually in the States who, who was just just wonderful. Like he literally sort of did unlimited revisions until we were totally happy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, hats off to him uh, for, for, you know, for having him there as well. Yeah, for bringing exactly. It to life. Yeah. So it's cool. It's fun doing a sketch, but then like actually digitizing it is, is the fun part. And yeah, bring it. Yeah, like, did you have, when you were, like, brainstorming names for the project, did you have, like, a certain kind of way you wanted to present yourself? Or did you have kind of imagery that you wanted to evoke in people when they heard the name? Or Yeah, I suppose because the music is quite, I think it kind of sounds quite dreamy. So, like, we wanted the vision to kind of go with that. Um, and that real kind of atmospheric sound that brings you into a different kind of realm because the songs are obviously being brought to a different style as well. So that whole dreamy feel, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. And like, it was funny, the whole kind of process of, of the name because it was around uh, Christmas time. We were like, right, we have to settle on this name. And, okay, uh, just... <laughs> yeah, like we've been, a, we've been a couple of weeks like, trying to come up with a name. Yeah. And, you know, so living with a name for a day or so and then, you then you're like, oh, I hate right. that, it's rubbish. Uh, yeah. So we sort of come up with things like spinning wheel and uh, things like that. So we were yeah. kind of aiming this direction. Then we were just sitting down one evening um, around the table uh, with my, my parents, actually. Yeah. And uh, Kim was just chatting away and said, I dream a lot about, so we were talking about dreams. Talking about and then my dad was like, hey, that, that, that yeah. sounds cool. And then we just, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then we yeah. sort of edited it down and approved it. And we're like, right, that's it, in the bag. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I love it. I think it's a great logo, actually. And I think I think a name can be important and a logo can be important in helping really, like, embed your brand in people's minds. Like, for me, when I when I seen it, I think because the little tower reminded me a bit of Disney, it kind of made me feel like your brand was, like, of a status. Do you know that kind of way? Because of that, I kind of related it with Disney in a way. And I, I know you're not releasing Disney songs, but I related it with something yeah. kind of bigger. Because of my kind of, I suppose, preconceived um, notions about about what I thought the logo might be influenced by, you know, but it's, I think it's a great name. And I love as messaging well that, like... <laughs> no subliminal Sorry? messaging at all there, no, no, none intended, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I guess I'm always looking for, like, the meaning in things, right? And sometimes it's like, it's like just the name. It's just like that name sounds good or looks good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that, that's such yeah. an interesting point you just made there because, like, um, because I've worked in music advertising for years, I, I was really, really, um, you know, it's really important to me, the whole brand aspect. And because I've worked with so many creative directors that it's all about the brand and it revolves totally around the brand. So that really sort of honed, I wanted to hone in, in on that big time. And I thought that was definitely a key part to the uh, to our operation is mm. nailing that whole brand look and the idea and the feel and how it represents the music as well. So, yeah, it's cool that you picked up on that and that. Yeah. You think it has that gravitas too as well. So. Yeah, and like because of like both of your previous experience, like in the industry, you probably like brought something to the table without even really consciously thinking of it. Like you brought your experience from. You said you worked in. I, I did music for advertising for for years. Um, well, we still like you know we still do that with with this as well. For a couple of the tracks are kind of aimed geared towards. Um, campaign style tracks but um yes i worked in that for years and had a team of composers on the books and uh i've done a few things for amazon and a couple of ads out in australia and stuff like that still running actually at the minute um so yeah it was yeah an interesting kind of diversity to it as well it's nice to bring that into this into this realm as well and cross uh, cross blend it a bit so there's lots of cool things you can pick up from that yeah and like um how important do you think it is to be kind of like have multiple skills when you're working in this? Really industry? important. Mm. You literally have to be everything now. The plumber, the uh, yeah. electrician, yeah. <laughs> graphic designer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it is hard. And I suppose for me, because I don't really play an instrument as such, but I still have these productions ideas. It's, it's hard because you're like, you really need to match yourself with a producer that gets exactly what you mean. Um, to get it across because I've worked with so many producers before and like you know I'm proud of a lot of the work I've done but also there is producers that you work with and you're like that's not exactly how I imagined it and it's the same even if you're making a music video or anything like that so I think for any advice for anyone working and wants to kind of co-produce stuff just really you'll know it straight away don't waste time just feel it and go for it and yeah 
I think yeah, that's really important. Yeah, definitely. It's mm-hmm. all about having the right teammate. Well, I feel that we've, yeah. we've made a brilliant team between the two of us. And um, yeah. it's so funny because we wanted to work together for ages and then we had this opportunity to do it. So yeah, it's nice. Because of lockdown. Yeah, because of lockdown. <laughs> but it's great. Like, it's, it's the most enjoyable um experience in the studio and like as soon as yeah. we're in the studio you know you, you wouldn't even think that we're together like, we're literally it's just all professional and no yeah. no uh no messing about or anything it's just totally to the point and, and yeah i think that's yeah like we've we definitely like kind of created that team where you know like like him was saying she doesn't actually play any well she's a great guitarist she's being modest now she does yeah, I was going to ask you to play a lead running. I can play like and write, but it's like, yeah, I'm just, I wouldn't yeah. call myself a guitar player, you know. But uh, I can take you around. Yeah, she's bit, good. She's good. But like everything that we, <laughs> everything that we do in the studio, literally, it's straight down the middle. There's every section of the song is completely co-produced. You know, like I'll, I'll put something down, and like you know, we'll both be really good editors of one another, and um, you know, that's how you know we totally complement one another's. Um, yeah ideas ideas yes exactly <laughs> so you guys are a couple is that why you think you work so well together that you just kind of know each other so well um, I, was I, don't I don't know. actually thought of that um, hold no on. because some people are actually <laughs> give us five minutes yeah, now, <laughs> no, some people are saying to me like how the hell are you working together and together mm. but I think it's because we were actually you know a couple for a few years before we started working together I think that kind of benefited the whole thing and we both knew our backstory in the industry so well that then when we start working together it was like yeah we knew exactly what we um, both wanted from yeah. the industry and everything else so I think it was just kind of the relationship experience yeah <laughs> definitely and I think yeah. I, I suppose it probably helped the fact that when we first met we were actually working together because Kim came down to my studio for yeah. a vocal session and that's how we met so we were like professional yeah but uh yeah so when Kim came down we we're working working together professionally uh so yeah it's been it, but it's funny though when we're yeah. when we're in the studio where you know there's no lovey doveyness or anything like that it's no. just totally totally pro and I think maybe subconsciously definitely helps that we you know know each other so well that we can yeah you know, calm each other down in the studio situation because yeah. it, it can get you know obviously you, it can uh, get frustrating yeah, you know like if tense. an idea that like both of us have if you're sitting there and it's just not happening like, you can get frustrated and it is hard then not to kind of take it out on each other then you just have to go look it's just not working walk away from it come back mm. and I think that's just really important and I think that comes when you're a little bit older as well that you kind of learn that you just need to walk away from it and come back and I think that is the trick as well with productions as well like you just have to leave it for a few hours and Kim how important do you think it is working with a producer that like understands your voice really important it's so important because there's been as I say there's been so many producers that I've worked with and just sometimes it just hasn't worked and it's like you know they might try and get you to sing in a totally different style and then you're like that's just not me and then you'll just do it because you're like oh I'm in the studio and it's a production and I want to just deliver it but then when you do it and listen back you're like that's not how I wanted that sound you know like you probably know yourself from recording Rebecca that it's, it's it is frustrating from going into the studio <laughs> sometimes you know the way you said that sometimes when you're working with someone they don't understand like kind of what's you and what's not so when you're working on on the cover stuff do you for this project anyway do you still want to like remain very close to you who you are as a vocalist because some vocalists would be more I guess like they would want they would sing any style because they're like they see them more as a session vocalist would you see your more yourself more in an in, in an artist way even though it's a cover project yeah that's that's a really good question yeah because mm. Like I have done vocals before for um, ads and I would treat myself as a session musician for that. But for Dream A Lot, I definitely see myself as an artist in it as well, that I want the covers to sound exactly like the production I would imagine Mm. for that specific song. I don't want to kind of sound like a session singer on any of the tracks. So I like listening back to them going, that's me. Because even recently we did a track and... um, I was listening back to it and I was like, it just doesn't sound like me. It sounds like Kim 10 years ago. 
you know, it just like I hadn't found my voice yet and I was trying to kind of mimic the singer a little bit and I was like, that's not me. So just stuff like that. I think it's all about learning your craft as well and kind of knowing exactly what you want to sound like and stuff, you know. Like essentially any great artist yeah. or production duo company or whatever you want to call it is, you know, all about the sound. And yeah, that, that was a really good point you made. Mm. And like literally none because there's so many tracks we've started on it just hasn't clicked we've you know chucked it out the window then um it's, it's all, sad when that happens though. <laughs> it is sad but the, the song has to click and at the yeah. end of the day i can put all the bells and whistles on it that one likes but the song has to click with kim it has to be vocally you know paired mm. and just feel right and um you know if that doesn't happen then then the song won't won't sound right so we're not feeling that's up yeah yeah so and that is definitely you know the one of the main factors to our overall sound and the whole operation and everything you know yeah so what made you want to go down this route because both of you have come from quite like extensive musical backgrounds you've got a lot of experience in areas like you know playing for wedding bands and you know releasing original music and performing on the voice of ireland and all the rest so I'm just wondering what made you want to go down this route? I think, um, I don't even know how to answer it. You know, I um, I think it was basically a few years ago, I worked with a group called Lear um, and we started kind of thinking we should start covering songs and making them slightly different to the original. And we'd done a couple of them and um, it, we just loved, absolutely loved them. And I was like, I really like doing this, making a song completely different. And then I ended up going down the original route then and loved that as well. But then when Gus and I start working together, we noticed that a lot of adverts and stuff like that and Netflix series have covers in them. And I was like, oh, I've done that before. Gus produces for ads and TV. So I was like, why don't we join the two of them together? And we are going to start doing original stuff as well, but I think it's to get that sound first with the covers and then. Yeah, I think that cause it was funny because over the years, there's come up quite a few times that I've had, you know, agencies coming to me saying, can you cover this track for, a, um, you know, a subway advert or whatever. So uh, I had actually roped Kim into a, a, a session a few years ago. We did a re-record of, a, of um, Hooked on a Feeling. It was all a cappella version for a subway ad. Um, so that had come up quite a few times. And then I just literally, you know, lived in this world of sync and like mm. pitching for TV and film and stuff. So, um, yeah, essentially, I think the key thing was, the way Netflix have really kind of embedded this this style into people's minds now of the slow down covers, and uh, that was what we wanted to do. And we just love that sound, like I love all the big bass drops and big brass and strings. So it's cool. It's just cool to to do. It's good fun to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, totally fits our style, and I think that's where we really, really, really matched on on that whole production. And it's scary, like from releasing original stuff before. It's actually really scary releasing an original song. But I think it's nearly scarier releasing like a cover recreated because you're like up against the fans then that love the original. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, it's not just a brand new song. It's you, your take on another song. So it is a bit kind of like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess, um, I don't know, like, yeah, I think it, it re- really is like a TV film thing when you hear like, a completely different version of a song and and, and again come back to the name to me I'm just making all these links in my mind but it kind of the dream a lot name is kind of like like what I've heard so far from what you've released it's like a dream version of the songs it's like some kind can of we quote you on that please yeah. <laughs> can, yeah of course you can yeah oh, of course. great I love that yeah that's what it reminds me of it's like it's like yeah it's like you're I don't know in an alternative universe or something, and it's like what would a song sound like in an Great. alternative universe? Oh, yeah. My mind is like going, making all these. That's exactly what we set out to achieve, and yeah. uh, like that. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Mm. We just really wanted to conjure up that atmosphere and totally, you know, transform the song into something, you know, that you hadn't that you hadn't heard before. Um, so I'm delighted to hear yeah, that you, you think of it that way. Of yeah, song. that's <laughs> Well, guys, all the all the kind of work that you've done, whether consciously or subconsciously, is obviously translating, you know. And like going back to that kind of whole thing of uh, honing in on the style, like that's why we, we, because of the lockdown, like I was like flat out with uh, with ads right up until the lockdown. I literally finished two Amazon jobs, uh, and then the week afterwards, the coronavirus hit everywhere and and shut the whole place down. So, it was nice to literally just take a kind of 
take a wind down and like we honed in for a couple of months on just like really creating the style and really making sure we we're so like totally yeah. happy with the whole production the whole thing rather mm-hmm. than rushing to a deadline but now we're back into that full speed deadline mode again but mm-hmm. it was it was those key couple of months at the beginning that were really important to creating that sound that we that we have that dreamy the dreamy world that we've <laughs> kind of got. it has been a dream world yes, for the last yeah, year yeah, hasn't it? Yeah. some people yeah. have had nightmares but uh, <laughs> Maybe, maybe, oh, it'd be cool to hear a nightmare version of it. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because I love the real dark, sinister stuff as well, so I'd love to do something a bit more kind of yeah, heavier and yeah. sinister as well, you know? Mm, oh my God, I'm so excited to hear, like, what what else you're going to come out with. So just to, to name the songs for people, so Mad World by Gary Jules was, yep, like, the first one right. release, isn't it? Yeah. Then there was Kids yeah. by yeah, MGMT. Right. It yeah. Must Have Been Love. By Roxette was next, I think, and then Smells Like Teen yeah. Nirvana. Cool. So, guys, if you you like any of those songs, check them out. And if you don't like any of those songs, check them out because their versions won't make it. There was one song I'm not going to name the song, but I was never a massive fan of the original track, and um, uh, we're literally, you know, just changing it up that much. Now I can't stop listening to it. I love it. Like, um, you know, it's just like, oh, it feels, feels really, really good. So it's nice when you kind of change your mind about the song as well. There's a it? couple of them in the mix that are coming out that I, like, didn't like the songs at all, the originals. And I love them now as well. And I know that probably sounds really vain, but no, I just, like, it is amazing how you can kind of reconstruct them to a different feel. And I love that as well. Like, I love listening to other people's covers as well and just, like, Go, oh, I don't. Oh, yeah, like I didn't come original. across really vain in that last sentence. <laughs> you don't listen to my music at all, only when we're mixing. That's, that's it. No, I'm joking. Guys, if you, if you can't love yourself, how is anybody else supposed to love your music? No, but even listen to other people's <laughs> covers as well, not hers, of course. But, um, you know, sometimes it is nice when you hear the original sometimes and you go, oh, or sorry, a cover, and you're like, oh, I didn't really like the original, but it looks cover. So, mm. It is. I think that is really, really good if that happens. Well, so. Mad World is a massive example. Like, not a lot of people would like the original Tears for Fears version, but the Gary Jules version, everybody like the Doors. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah. T- I, see, I said I even said Gary Jules and I was naming oh, yeah. the song. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. like, Gary Jules is the original artist, and then I put in on Google something about the writers, and then it was like Tears for Fears, and I said like, what? And then I heard the original, and it's totally different. Like, you know, and then the Gary. I actually knew that, but I forgot because I just, I like the Gary Jewell version so much. And it's actually, it's one of those songs that I always teach um, the kids when I'm learning them as well, because the chords are really easy on the keyboard and the guitar oh, and I love stuff. That. It's yeah. a great it's song. Great. It's such a good song. Like, it's really poignant. It's really brilliant. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm. So maybe we could talk a little bit about like kind of your setup, like um, like your gear setup, like kind of, are you recording from home? Have you got your own home studio? And maybe talk us through like your setup for your so basically so, our procedure is we so the room we're in right now is our tracking room so this is up in uh, Greystones. so we literally record everything here construct the songs do all the, the vocal tracking the booth is behind me you can see that there's like a little curtain there so yeah. we've got a Love it. nine and set yeah. up there and, yeah and uh, we go through a bit of gear here to my left but you can't see it's on camera but it's um it's a bit of thermionic culture gear. Um, those who are familiar with valves will know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a beautiful, it's like the, one of the best bits of British gear you can you can buy. It's like three and a half grand's worth of, of valve equipment there, but it literally adores Kim's voice so much. It literally just sounds like silk going through it. So um, that's what we do. When you say valve equipment now, I'm actually not sure. What so, you mean. Um, I still um, don't know. <laughs> So, like, so say if you're recording through uh, a normal mixing desk, that's known as solid state. So that's um, that's like tubes and, and capacitors and everything. So valve is going back to the old school. Where all, everything in the '60s would have been recorded on valve equipment, like a valve yeah, amp, yeah. like a guitar it's, it's, amp. Yeah, so, I get, yeah, yeah, I get the kind of so difference. All, yeah. all the best recordings okay. ever made are all on valve. Um, but there's a lot of companies now like remaking valve gear and like Thermiot Culture are, um, are one of these crowds. And I'm lucky enough to um, to the guy who runs the company was my dad's old engineer. So I'm lucky enough to grow up beside him, you know, just absorbing all this amazing knowledge um, of, of, of making valve gear and, you know, just the sound that you should be looking for in your production. So 
um, but yeah, very lucky to have that. So that's what we're recording through. That's what Kim Vocals. Is that like the? Is that like uh, when you say recording through? Is that like your DAW? No, not your DAW, but like. Yeah. Explained to me. Uh, yeah, you know my stuff. <laughs> so we're recording. Yeah, recording into Logic. We just we use uh, we use Logic to record into, and and a Focusrite interface. Okay. Um, and then we have a pair of K KRK uh, Rocket Fives in here. And so what we do is we record everything in here, piece it together, and then we go down to my studio down in the home place, uh, just outside Tenahili. So it's a big setup there, a lovely big mixing console and some beautiful. Uh, quested monitors that we we do all the mixing and mastering on so they're they're just a joy to work on they're like you know ridiculously expensive and so accurate like they literally will crucify you until you get the mix right then when you get it right they'll pat you on the back but until then you literally it's <laughs> it's uh, you know you have to really really work to make sure your mix is, is spot on so we have yeah we're very lucky to have the two setups and it's nice having that transition when we go to mix yeah it is it, yeah know? it's cool takes you to a yeah. new kind of space exactly, yeah I mean, kind buildings of, that got such beautiful yeah. acoustics and it's just it's just so accurate so it's nice uh you know we're very, very lucky to have that accurate setup and, and you know mm. sport sport for for choice of sound so which is great yeah. but at the end of the day you, you're we're mixing down to like to headphones and t- and phones so you know we go from a huge like these speakers in the studio they're about you know, four or five foot high, four-way uh, drives. They're, they're like, you know, 3,000 watts or 4,000 watts worth of speaker. And um, you're literally mixing right down to, to a mobile phone at the end, end of the day. So yeah. it's mad, you know. I was going to ask that, actually, because um, even my partner, Stephen, like, he, he just records, like, some bass stuff just for his Instagram page and that, like, and he was just saying that, like, when he first started doing it and he was uploading his covers like you weren't able to hear the bass very well and he was like what the hell and then you realize like that you actually have to mix for the phone so you need to like listen to it on the phone and make sure it's coming through properly on the phone because obviously on instagram that's where everyone's like, going to listen to the music so if you guys are sending like demos um like pitching demos to to people for like the likes of netflix films and stuff like that um would you send them like what which mix uh, basically demos don't exist anymore to put it mildly, <laughs> you can't do a demo on anything. Basically, because of the turnaround on things now, like the friend of, friend of ours was the same. He just recently got a, a nice gig in a film and um, literally the turnaround so quick, everything has to be super, mm. super polished. It just has to be finished because they're going to turn around and be like, right, okay, we're using that. And then you haven't got time to mix or master it. So you have to just do, you know, do the mm. best, you know, give the best product. Uh straight away um so you know assuming that it's get, they're going to run with it because uh yeah 90 percent of the time um that's it it's gone out the door say, say goodbye it's, yeah, you know? <laughs> right okay yeah i suppose it cuts out a step for them so i understand yeah, yeah they yeah. want everything just finished right Every, everything needs to be done yesterday that's yeah <laughs> it's literally the way it is yeah yeah so um but like we have some like great stuff for mastering and all the plugins and stuff we use are brilliant. I, you know, just invested so much money in all the isotope gear. Like they're, they're brilliant. I love all their mastering stuff. So, um, yeah, no, you have to, yeah, just get it, get it perfect. Do you mind? Yeah, yeah, do all that. Yeah. One stop shop. Yeah. We have to be, have to be. So that's brilliant. Yeah. Cause I, I, I don't know what, and this is like a few years ago now, but I remember when I was recording my album, like, like I remember people like, in the studio we're talking about only it was only a handful of people in the in the country that yeah that mastered is that yeah yeah well, I think, oh, there's definitely more people doing it now um mastering is a whole another ball game in itself it's a to- totally um totally different art to mixing so uh you know there's, there's a lot of people yeah like master mastering engineers wouldn't do anything on a mix or any recording at all they're just specifically for mastering so you know there's a lot of great really talented mastering engineers in the country um mm. um and i think a lot of producers are definitely taking to doing it more themselves now as well with the technology with the that's, yeah, yeah with the technology that's available it's made it a bit easier for people yeah but like you know i was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's a brilliant engineer and he was saying he wouldn't touch mastering with a barge pole because you know trust himself to do it but uh but so it's just funny you know it's kind of whether you're brave enough i suppose to to learn the ropes on it and and the uh, and try it out yeah i think we're because of we're so specific about our sound and how we want every element to sound you know from start to finish that that make sure we do the whole thing uh the whole thing ourselves so would one of you guys talk me through like the process of kind of where it starts from like the idea of like picking the song to the to the arranging of it 
to the choosing instrumentation. You go to the first half. <laughs> yeah, you can take, take, a, take a minute. The song <laughs> choices is a funny one because, you know, as we were saying earlier, sometimes it might be a song that you love yourself. Um, I think we kind of more so go for songs that have like really, really relatable lyrics and that may be kind of fast and you want to make them slower so people are able to kind of hear the lyrics a little bit more um, and bring them out in a different way altogether. So I suppose it's really, for me, choosing the song, I'll I'll listen to the lyrics because being a singer-songwriter, I just love listening to lyrics. And um, But for Gus, then obviously sometimes I'll say songs to him and he's like, oh God, you know, this is going to be really tricky or it's not going to work. Um, but I suppose when you know you've really achieved never them, do that. never do. That. Never do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sometimes you know, sometimes it doesn't work, and sometimes it does work. But um, a lot of the time, it will be the lyrics for me to choose one. Like I just, I love listening to that. Yeah. Would you go for songs that like, um, like run through certain themes because they might be common themes in like the likes of yeah. exactly so that's the thing it's you know if there's a tv program that we're pitching for you'll look at what it's actually about and mm. you'll see what song would um go for that program like for instance i just can't get you out of my head by Kylie no is perfect for say you know the likes of you or you know on netflix or something like that so just different songs that fit the program that's, like, we're that's one of the main well, things yeah. that the music supervisors say when you're submitting music is like, do not send anything that's not relevant. Like, yeah. you wouldn't send, uh, you know, It's Raining Men for a new you series. Like, so, <laughs> yeah. like, what the hell is that? It has uh, to, like, if you get has a brief, to, it has someone, to fit. Yeah, it yeah. has to fit, yeah. And then I think, yeah, so lyrically, number one, uh, you know, uh, on so many levels, you know, Kim has to connect with the song. And then the audience has to connect lyrically and what, you know, what it fits. Well, I would connect and, with it's Rain and Man, actually. We might do that one. Yeah, maybe. Here we go, Find another producer to do that. But. Jerry and Jerry and on that so well. I love that. <laughs> that song is, like, it's so, like, upbeat and, like, like real, like, Motown. And so, obviously, you know, it's so hard. Yeah. wouldn't it be cool that could be cool if you had the right yeah. thing to pitch it for <laughs> but it's uh, you know it's, it's an interesting process picking the songs i think like um yeah lyrically they have to be relevant to the production um and yeah. the themes of today and i think that's probably one of the most important yeah. things as well because there's no point in us spending like a week or two on a track or you know a couple of days on a track and then send that over and it just has no relevance to the program whatsoever so we're kind of our time and then the music supervisor's time as well so it's important that it matches everyone. exactly and then the equally most important thing is getting clearance on the track so yeah. for instance you nobody does you can't do a madonna track because she won't allow the clearance on or it the prince, publishers yeah or... prince doesn't allow the clearance on the publishing either so there's certain tracks you are just a no-go forget about it but um yeah how does that work so do you who do you so ask we, permission we have a um, we have a, a very very helpful uh right hand man a guy who uh is a music supervisor who works for mccann in, in the uk so he's, he's a good friend of mine and he's literally kind of at our beckoning call to be able to say right this one will get the clearance um but a lot of the time it will be the production company that, that will sort that in now they'll just buy the master off us and then they'll they'll deal with the publishers on that but uh mm. but yeah we have our advisors on what songs not to, to do and yeah to do yeah. and not to do yeah so yeah you guys work so you're you're not just like you know completing the song uploading it to spotify like you actually are working with a production team who's kind of helps you with that yeah, so that yeah we have our legal side that will say yeah right yeah this is a good one to do or this one you know that will never happen so yeah like because there's no point on starting a track unless we know that it's going to possibly get cleared yeah but some tracks um yeah some tracks are kind of like queen tracks are quite famous for for being very very hard to clear but you know you can twist some arms sometimes so it's you you know they say a lot of people say you know don't be turned off doing doing a certain track you know to give it give it a shot and Mm. luck can come your way and getting it cleared Mm. but so we'd like to try and attempt you know as much as, as possible not it's just more down. of a risk i suppose the higher the caliber of the artist as well yeah whether you're going to get it or not yeah because a production company just won't pay the money like mm. you're talking you know five hundred thousand quid upwards upwards of anything to millions you know to clear one track so uh mm. you know they want to know that they're going to have some viewers <laughs> yeah yeah totally and um do you guys can you guys make covers for, or sorry make money from yeah covers? so basically how it will work 
say if our tracks get, uh, or I mean, when or if when our tracks <laughs> get synced for uh, various productions, you get the the production uh, would company would buy the master of our version of us. So it can range from anything you know between you know starting at ten grand all the way up to you know ninety to hundred grand for 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 one license fee yeah so yeah. It's, it's a lot of money to be made in it yeah interesting and then would like would you would the original artist get a writer's credit or yeah so they get the publishing like? the publishers they get paid by the publishing on it on their side so um it's all yeah that's all like legal tech stuff but um you know i know i know a bit about it but not not enough to go into <laughs> into the uh yeah. to the serious details but um I know. yeah but even even just knowing that like you don't just record a song and upload yeah it, no it, yeah that, you know there is more kind of to it that you have yeah to work absolutely out, is... yeah yeah mm-hmm. so and like we're very we're very lucky like i've you know made um so many contacts over the years that have just been brilliant brilliant help to us um, just even to get a bit of advice off yeah i mean it's well, like, just brilliant yeah. yeah absolutely like there's a good good friend of mine who who was um who was head of music at emi records for tv and film for years and now he's over at the margin records but he's basically our right-hand man in terms of all the legal aspect of stuff so whenever we have you know different contracts coming in and, and you know tech technical questions that we can't answer he's he's just there all the time to help us out so um shout out to our all our mates and that have been brilliant brilliant help yeah. fantastic and so when you have a song picked then wh- what do you do so like do you just change the chords to minor <laughs> and kind of slow tempo down like you know top each that other is um <laughs> that's where the magic happens that's the dreamy bit that nobody knows <laughs> We don't even know. It just—it's um... weird. It actually is. I'd love to sometimes just record when we're starting a song and see when it actually clicks. It's funny. It's just like when we say it, whatever one we're going to do, I go so just go to the keyboard and start playing something, and I'll be just kind of humming the song, and then it just either will work or it won't. Yeah. And then, like, say, right, if that motif isn't working, we'll try something else. And I suppose it's just—it's just kind of like it either just clicks or it doesn't with the it's quite free yeah, yeah it's free. quite free flow yeah usually what i get kim to do is i you know say we pick the track and i just say to kim right sing it there in whatever key you feel sounds nice and literally just sing it a cappella, and then i'll just yeah. work out because you won't chords. always obviously do it in the original key. Yeah. a lot of the time i don't because if it's a male's vocal originally or you know you'd be doing it slightly different yeah, to the exactly. original so you're better off sing that a cappella, and that's a really good way of doing it actually. yeah because instantly it's going to sound different if you're changing the key as well so like we, we never do yeah. anything like kind of changing stuff from major to minor that never really kind of works out so it's normally just about orchestrating it with with stuff that you know if we wanted to sound dark, stuff that sounds dark yeah. or, you know just kind of clever orchestration and, and arrangements and i suppose i look, uh, get what out of what what song that you've heard so far has kind of intrigued you the most as to how we created it because we can kind of break that down for you if you want but we go with smells yeah. like yeah. spirits you know that's okay. like my favorite <laughs> how do we do that I just remember that session uh um that was a crazy we did we did that in two days that track um yeah literally powered powered through it um the, yeah basically how we started that was just we were just trying to find a cool guitar rhythm and and feel that worked well that we could you know that the lyrics could be something yeah because we wanted to keep that guitar vibe in the track as well not to take it too far away from like there's a little bit of grunge in there but not too much but it's you know paying tribute i suppose to the original as well not making it too pretty sound i suppose it has to have a little bit of grit in there as well i think it's really important and because i'm a massive nirvana fan as well so it's like you know i want the guitar in there and stuff as well you know so and so the, yeah. that's essentially what we're doing. We're just kind of going through different sounds in our in our um, in our library of uh, you know virtual instruments and just trying to create something cool. So we came up with that that guitar rhythm, and it just sounded dark and and uh, and interesting. So we went with that, and it just kind of built it from there. And then we use use some Abbey Road strings to kind of bring up the drama going into the chorus. And then in the chorus, we actually changed it. We did actually, sorry, I, I like, we did actually change that up. We made it uh, major, the chorus, because the original one's minor. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. So we went from a minor verse to a major chorus. and um, But yet the vocal on top of it is still minor as well, which is really cool. Mm. So um, it's, uh, yeah, there was just kind of building the different textures and sounds and, and stuff. Uh, but normally we'd work straight away, it would be on the piano. So mm. I'd get Kim to sing. To make sure the key is working. Yeah. yeah sing the track and we'll I'll literally just try to work out chords that sound good around it and then try and make the chords as different 
to the original as possible and uh, interesting, but yet, you know, keep keeping in the same vein as the original. So you don't know, you know, so you know what the song is. <laughs> pay homage, pay homage yeah, to it, you know. Yeah. That's great. It's it's really interesting, like the process that like you can take to create any music, whether it's recreating a song or original music, you know. So like you're kind of saying you you almost start with the melody yeah, first yeah. for this stuff. Like you were saying about a cappella and sing it kind of, and then it's like you're building a like a whole new song. Like you're treating the melody like it's a yeah. a new song, and like building building a whole new. Yeah, new well, I think around. a lot of people um, like uh, don't appreciate, and maybe we, we were like that as well initially. Is don't appreciate how tricky it is to reconstruct these these covers because we're literally it is like a completely brand new song, and um, yeah, you're kind of you know you're sort of treating the melody differently and and chords differently. A lot of the time, like ninety percent of the tracks, I haven't even looked up what the original chords to the song were. You know, like you know, play it down by, by ear. But I'd literally just be like Kim, sing, sing the melody, and mm. let's just work out something around it, and you know, give it its own unique, unique feel that that isn't. But it's funny actually. They say that Rebecca as well, because that's how I would have started off my original stuff: is go to producers and sing. I'd feel like a right idiot now going into the studio be like, okay, so this is my song, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> sing it. And then they're like, okay, but they'll play something underneath it. But I think that that's probably what's translated so well with us that it makes it sound quite different is because you're building it right from the bottom up again. So I think that works. Yeah, we're not giving ourselves mm-hmm. any walls to kind of no, be retained yeah. by, which is like which We is have fun. to copy the original chords. We yeah. have to do this because then it just sounds the same then. Like the, I, I kind of, apart from the melody in Team Spirit, they're yeah. kind of paying homage to it was just the two note uh, notation part that the guitar plays. We just yeah. played that on piano and just whacked a load of nice Valhalla reverb on it. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's kind of, you know, have this because little, little detail. Because that's the thing at the start of I was like, you can't not have that in it. Yeah. It's just so good. Yeah. But it's funny, like some some of the tracks, like Kids, the the motif, the guitar motif, we totally got rid of that. And because mm. I think it just, you know, de atmosphere the, <laughs> the song, if that's a, if we can use that as a word, uh, having that melody in it. So it was nice just kind of taking, stripping those elements back and, you know, leaves you guessing a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. I guess if you like have, if you like, it probably depends on the song, but like if you, leave a really familiar guitar like riff in a song people might have an expectation of how they think it should sound maybe it might disappoint them if it doesn't sound how they expect when they hear that really familiar guitar lick so it probably makes sense to change it then so that they, they don't they're kind of like oh, oh yeah, that, exactly, yeah and like there's there's a song uh it's not hold on i think it's two weeks time uh we did a i say it's because you're going to hear it anyway uh, it's <laughs> simply the best well we did tina turner simply yeah. best you know so that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But it's like the main motif in it. We kind of had a bit of fun with that and putting it in where you wouldn't expect it. So um, that's... Uh, yeah, and that's it's weird it, because yeah. that one, like I've sang that at weddings for years, you know, and the idea of doing it, I was like, oh no. <laughs> but then we did it and it's actually just sounds totally different. And I really hope everybody likes it because it is such a classic hit, you know, and everybody loves Tina. So it's just so nice to do it and for us to like it. So we just hope everybody else likes it. And do you like that song? I love it. I love, I love Tina Turner, like Tina Max. It's interesting with that track, actually, that was just in terms of the construction of it. Uh, that was the one that we spent like 12 hours. It was so hard. I think it's because the timing of it and everything as well, it has that kind of like, you know, doom, doom is like the whole iconic thing in the verses and then the motif and the chorus. And then obviously her, you know, it's just so so amazing the original so it was like oh yeah that we have to be really it. careful with that and i think yeah really that was the rhythm was the tricky bit in that song mm. because the rhythm the original rhythm is so strong when you slow that down you have these massive gaps, gaps between, between the vocals yeah mm. so like that just sounds awful you can't wait around for a train to like hear the next so um we yeah. like, basically we we kind of actually literally gave up on that song we're like geez we've spent uh, you know enough time just trying to crack it and then literally I think it was on the 12th hour of being in the studio and um, this is you know after a couple of days of trying to crack it as well and we we're on the 12th hour of of doing it and suddenly it's like play this little rhythm on the piano I was like hey that sounds we could hey that would fit that kind of that feels good the momentum's there but yeah it's it's kind of still feeling at the same time as well so yeah. that that track kind of revolves around that piano rhythm yeah. And that actually piano rhythm 
although you can't hear it in the chorus, it's still there keeping the whole piece tied together. So it's uh, it's weird. Each song has a just a totally different build, and mm. you know, it's just trial and error, really. Yeah, there's no sort of secret formula to to making the track. Yeah. Do you think that one in particular was um, so harder? Sorry, much harder to work out because it was so embedded in your mind. All the elements of it. maybe you were a bit tunnel visioned yeah. on the yeah, original version. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. even like you know, doing it at the wedding and stuff, I'd go for that kind of Tina voice on it, you know, uh, you know, singing the exact way that it's supposed to be sang. And I couldn't get my head around doing it any differently because I've done it for so many years like that. And it was like, oh, like, how do I change it up and not try and sound like Tina Turner, do you know? So it was, that was definitely uh, what had, made it so hard yeah, for me as a vocalist anyway, yeah. I had that beat embedded in my head as well because I used to drum that <laughs> at a wedding gig. Also, you know, it's dun, definitely dun, a wedding classic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yeah, you know, I just had that. So that, that's the fun part and that's what's cool about doing the covers is yeah. totally breaking away from what you know in your comfort zone and really just pushing mm-hmm. the boundaries of your creative mindset and you know just not being afraid to to really you know go a bit mad and, and do something different so that's what you know that's what life's about isn't it being a bit different and creating new sounds that people haven't heard before so. yeah okay we got so this friday we have higher and higher coming out you know you know the jackie wilson track um Wait, what one is higher that and higher. That's higher. Yeah. We have literally, you won't even recognise it. It's yeah, so yeah. different. You'll be able to hear all of them now on the, the website. Yeah. Ooh, so yeah. yeah. I'll send that to you. I'll send that to you. Um, yeah. So that, that's oh, coming cool. out uh, Friday. Then after that is um, uh, on the 16th is Reach Out. I'll be there. Do you know that song? So that's yeah. that's coming out next, and then oh sorry, then we have can't yeah, get you out of my head yeah. is after that, yeah, yeah. and then uh, which is really we literally tailored that completely oh, for cool. the you uh, trailer. We actually worked with the, the visuals of the you trailer, on that yeah, just to um get us totally in that zone. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, using a visual to like inspire and then kind of watch your writing. You was great actually, wasn't it? it was crazy series like. <laughs> okay. Brilliant, brilliant. Very dark. Jesus. People love dark stuff. That's <laughs> so much. I know. And Netflix is just full of like murder programs. I'm like addicted. Like I literally I got up this morning at like five o'clock and I think I started off by watching like there's like I think it was the accountant of Auschwitz. Then I moved on to um <laughs> some other murder. I'm obsessed with murder mysteries and I swear I'm not planning anyone's murder life, but <laughs> what mic do you use, um? Oh, Kim? I'll show you what mic I have. have to so it's a lot. I actually don't know. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'll show you. Um, so this this is it. It's a it's a it's basically. Is it the same? As no. This it's, one? So that's that? that you've got a road, have you? No. Yeah. So Kim Kim's yeah. mic is 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 road, but this this is one of my, my mics that we use for all of this. Um, basically, it's a U87. Yeah. Uh, it's still about five five or six hundred quid to get, which is enough. But like, but it is absolutely stunning. And um, I'll see if I can show you the gear that it goes through. Hold on a second. I'm just curious because um, I actually, actually, Gus, you might even be able to help me with this another time. But like, I actually want to learn more about like mixing vocals, like getting, like getting a good vocal sound, like and you know about EQing vocals and like finding the right mic and oh, stuff like yeah, that. Come you on, know, you should come over right? sometime and yeah. I can show you. Like, because uh, the best thing is just coming to the studio because you, you know, you'd be years trying to do it. Yeah, uh, come on yeah, for the yeah, day and yeah. we'll have lunch and stuff. I love that because I just, like, I'm I'm only really learning how to use recording equipment and stuff now through college. Like, I didn't really have that before. I was always getting someone else to record for me. But, like, I just, I'd love to know how to get the best yeah, out of my absolutely, because oh, yeah. it, it varies so much. Like, uh, see, I know all the sweet spots of Kim's voice now, so I know exactly what to do each time I'm, I'm mixing her voice. Um, uh, but, it, like, because of running the studio for years, like you just it just varies so much on everybody you know who used to come into it so i'm so glad i you know just have kim's voice <laughs> that's great but um uh it's yeah that's interesting like you really have to kind of know your voice on on the production and stuff so yeah when you come over and we'll i'll show you how to um you know really figure that out and what plugins to use like have you have you, have you got a few what, what are you kind of running on what have you got like really really basic simple i i use reaper as a DAW. Um, just because that's the one where we work with in college mostly. Then I have my Rode NT1. Well, it's actually Stevens, but I, I basically it's mine now. Squirt and Um, and I, he ha, he also has um um 
a short okay. session. Oh, yeah, they're really good, yeah, yeah. Which I found better for recording, like, I was recording, like, Whole Lot of Love, yeah. you know, that one, the, that one, Um, I was recording that, and I found that better for, because my voice is quite strong sometimes, so, yeah. you know, when I'm doing all those raspy bits, like, it was kind of, kind of condensed it better for me, I think. They're the only two mics, that I ha- oh, I have it, uh, like, an SM57 as well, like, or 58, oh, yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever one is, but, but, uh, <laughs> but the, I love the SM58 stuff. Oh, yeah, for live, yeah, but you can't oh. use them in the studio, yeah. Oh. Um, uh, but, uh, the 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 road that's the exact same road that you have yeah it? i have that yeah. mic there like they're a nice mic um i do find them too kind of thin toppy a bit bristle mm-hmm. bristle on the top end um so uh like that's what the the one we have the u87 knockoff mm-hmm. is is excellent because it has that lovely crispy uh detailed top end and um i think yeah stick i'll stick with the sure uh the s with the b7 one uh, that's really like they're really 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 good mics. Those. I love those they're really cool yeah it's 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 kind of like a process isn't it like and it, I think as vocalists as well like it's it's just really useful to be able to know to do the basics you know I feel so empowered like since I've learned all this like I'm like Why have I no absolutely I'm like, because the amount of stuff you can do then once you know that uh, you know you can be your own you know manufacturer of uh, <laughs> of, um, of of the products like which is great but you should um if you um do you have logic at all like or would you get logic i am considering getting logic i think they i think we'll be using that in third year in, in college so i probably okay. will get logic oh know, yeah logic. i wouldn't touch anything else like literally well pro tools i used to work on the whole time but that's more for for live recording and sound effects and stuff but wow. get logic and i can show you there's loads of really really cool plugins you can get for like not much money and then some amazing free plugins as well so i can show you all of those as well that would just literally like put your production level way up you know but you'll end up in, like just using a couple of plugins that really suit your voice so it's just about finding those that work yeah it's really it's it's cool anyway it's like um yeah as i said like i'm i'm really using such a basic setup now but like just i'm only re- uplo- uploading like the odd cover and stuff like that you know but i it's just i want to learn more about yeah it. oh you can you can't stop learning i still like like I'd I embed at night time like watching tutorials still like even you know years later there's always like new fun tricks to learn and there's so much gear and software coming out every week that you have mm. to just like be you know really keep on top of it so thanks so much guys for your time today I've really really enjoyed chatting to you and I think listeners will, will get a lot of value from what you've kind of revealed to us today and I'm really looking forward to hearing what's next from you great thanks, thanks so, so much, much for having us it's been a pleasure yeah.